Kick out the jams, motherfuckers. This is Wayne Kramer from the MC5, and you're listening to Rock and Roll Archaeology. Once in a while, we'll visit Right Wing World Online. Yeah, kind of like Chef and Apocalypse Now. We'll venture off into the jungle in search of some delicious mangoes and come back to the boat thoroughly traumatized. On those visits, we'll often encounter a screed about liberal progressive bias in the arts and in popular culture. And uh, you know what? They're not wrong about that. They're actually right. Eh just for the wrong reasons. The arts and entertainment, you know, popular culture, is a small but significant slice of the public sphere where the left side of the political spectrum mostly holds sway. That part is true. Where their analysis goes bad is when they try to explain why. The explanation is, well, really pretty simple. It turns out conservative entertainment just... Well, isn't very entertaining. Start with their humor. Uh, It doesn't have any humor in it. It's just mean. Punching down on vulnerable, marginalized people. Maybe uh, that's funny when you're a snotty 14-year-old, but most folks grow out of it. Now, live events. Well, they suck at that, too. Uh, They put on rallies and events that uh, resemble a badly run second-rate rock festival with a third-rate lineup coming uh, to a vacant lot near you. When conservatives venture into film and television, with a few rare exceptions, okay, Clint Eastwood, we see you. It's equally cringeworthy. And Christian rock and hip-hop? Ooh, makes us want to pray. Please, God, make it stop. Whether it's form or content, medium or message... They can't seem to line it up. It's just not very good. But they desperately want what real artists have. (laughs) That's the irony of it. They want the cachet and the prestige and the platform. But they ain't got the chops. They can't pull it off. It ends up being unintentionally hilarious. Or it just goes away because nobody's interested. Check it out. culture. Take it away. And all this, please notice me, please pick me, energy they give off is just mm, more cringe. They want it so bad. They try so hard to get their hack work into the mainstream. And when they can't, because it sucks, they pout and snivel and say the game's fixed. Those woke progressives are canceling or censoring them. And nobody's canceling or censoring anybody. Folks just aren't interested. So, anyway, our little joint here is about music and culture and technology and how they interact and relate to each other. That's the object of our affection and the subject of our attention. 
and because he recently bloviated forth another white, angry dude take another steamy fart in a clouded elevator, because we heard from him recently, we'll begin with the dean of right-wing rock, Mr. Ted Nugent. start the roast right after a little hello howdy do and some housekeeping here we come again now baby this podcast is intended to be education and commentary it will discuss adult themes and may use coarse language Pantheon Podcasts presents Rock and Roll Archaeology with host Christian Swain. Music. Culture. Technology. And now, on with the show. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. A few years ago, as some of you may know, I lived through a mass shooting. And as much as I'd like to think I handled it just fine, looking back... I experienced some PTSD. I did seek therapeutic help, and I have to say it was significant in my recovery and letting go of the event. Without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. The good news is therapy works. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help, or maybe you're feeling insecure in your relationships or at work, you know, not dealing well with stress. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, or even live chat sessions with your therapist. So, you know, you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because, you know, you are your greatest asset. And we've got a special offer to Rock and Roll Archaeology listeners. You can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at BetterHelp.com slash Pantheon as your code. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Pantheon. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. And before we dive back in, we want to let you in on something and tell you a 
little bit about our secret weapon. It's an amazing online archive called Rocks Back Pages. We're happy subscribers. It's our best resource for contemporaneous, relevant articles about rock and rock culture. That's rocksbackpages.com. It kicks ass, and we'll put a link in the show notes for you. Now, let me tell you a little something about a company we're working with called Boldfoot. Uh, they are a 100% American-made sock company. Their motto is grown here, sewn here. And 5% of all proceeds go to veterans' charities. We like that. They're a family and veteran-owned business. And they have a wide array of styles and colors. So, please, go visit boldfoot.com and pick out some cool, colorful socks for yourself or somebody you love. Of course, we'd be remiss if we didn't suggest you visit PantheonPodcast.com to see what's up with our network. 90-plus shows featuring some of the greatest music commentary, interviews, news, and stories available in the podcasting universe. Okay, that's the info and the housekeeping. Let's get to it. This is RNRA Shorts number 3, The Art of the Steel. Full disclosure, we actually own a couple of Ted Nugent albums. Ted's got some of our money, so I guess the joke's on us. Ever since he made a couple of decent albums back in the late 70s, the Nuge has been your loudmouth right-wing uncle with an awesome guitar collection. Goes well with the rifle rack and the animal heads on the wall. Now, it was a tired act to begin with, and it is none aged well. So he collects royalties from his back catalog and plays county fairs in Keokuk and roller rinks in San Berdu, busting out cat scratch fever to sparse crowds of aging Heshers. Every now and then he'll pop up on your news feed. Not for making any new music, mind you. Oh, no. Ted has that special confidence that America bestows upon loudmouth, mediocre white dudes. So he must give us the benefit of his wisdom and comment on the events of the day. So, there he is, spewing NRA talking points right after a school shooting, or maybe doing one for the ladies and bring the misogynistic sludge about alpha males when a sexual assault case makes the news. Yeah, thanks for sharing, Ted. Uh, even Fox News hesitates to book him as a guest now. He's <laughs> that much of a loose cannon. Ow! We'll try to be fair for a moment here. When the Nuge talks about music, he has a few things to say. He's, well, not exactly erudite, but he understands rock and roll. He speaks well on the topic. Ask him about his early days and his influences or about his amp settings and what guitars he likes and why. And he can be interesting, even funny, but only for so long. And just like your racist uncle, after a couple of drinks, terrible Ted can't help himself. He'll find a way to pivot the conversation back to his tedious right-wing talking points. He'll dismiss expertise, call you a degenerate commie, flood the zone with nonsense, and move the goalposts constantly. 
like a Facebook troll with a Gibson guitar. This is where the party ends. I can't stand here listening to you and your racist friend. I know politics bore you, but I feel like a hypocrite talking to you and your racist friend. <laughs> okay. So it's fun to put on a roast, especially when the nude is your guest of honor. We'll move on from that, though, and go a little wider. We're going to ask, why? Why is there so little good rocking on the right? Why does right-wing art and entertainment suck so bad? And make no mistake, it's bad. The right tacitly admits it. They know their entertainment sucks. If their own stuff was any good, they wouldn't have to co-op all that good rocking from the left of the dial. Like Ronald Reagan trying to repurpose Bruce Springsteen's Born in the USA into a conservative anthem. It's a song about an embittered Vietnam vet. But they can't pick up on the irony. They can't pick up on the obvious either. They seem to have this special knack for running face-first, full speed, right into the point, and still not getting it. Bruce's response was great, by the way. When he went out on tour in 1985, he started including Woody Guthrie's This Land is Your Land in his set. He'd take a minute to explain to the audience that it was co-opted. It's a protest song, an angry retort to Irving Berlin's God Bless America. Another example, Tom Petty's I Won't Back Down, is a thoroughly anodyne, apolitical song about determination and being true to one's own self. It was a walk-on song at Sarah Palin's campaign rallies in 2008, until Tom Petty's lawyers hit the campaign with a cease-and-desist letter. And we're saving the best example for last. June 2020, the Tulsa, Oklahoma Trump rally. You know the one where Herman Cain bravely laid down his life for the God-given right to be a plague-spreading jackass. The crowd was about 6,200 in an arena that holds 19,000. Told ya, they suck at putting on live events. Anyhow, the one-third capacity crowd got treated to this one as a warm-up for the big orange fella. They used Rockin' in the Free World a few more times at events until Neil Young's lawyers filed a copyright infringement suit. So, they keep swiping other people's shit, because they can't make decent shit on their own. Why? Well, a bunch of reasons, and we'll tick off a few. For starters, basic storytelling. What drives a story is change. Uh, same with character development. How do you find out who somebody is? Well, you put them through some changes. And the conservative mindset is about opposing and even reversing change. Going back to the good old days, uh, traditional morality, you know, make America great again. 
two-hour movie or three-minute song. The thing that moves it along, what keeps you interested in the story and the people, is change. Another key to storytelling is perspective. Different perspectives also keep a story moving, keep it interesting. In his memoir, Bob Dylan talked about the infinite sweep of humanity he found in the songs of Woody Guthrie. The co-opting conservative doesn't seek that infinite sweep. Instead, they cherry-pick, selectively zero in on one aspect of the creation, the one that serves their purposes. Born in the USA, they hear that part. What they don't hear is the story. What they don't get is the perspective. A young man confronted with a brutal choice, go to prison or go to war. Wrapping it back around to Woody Guthrie, This Land is Your Land, was taught to American school children starting in the 1950s. But they left out this verse. One bright sunny morning in the shadow of the steeple, by the relief office I saw my people. As they stood hungry, I stood there wondering if this land was made for you and me. This land was made for you and me. So let's move on to the quality of the presentation, the aesthetic. We want to introduce something we just learned about, American cringe. That's a great aesthetic term we swipe from the blogger Cameron Summers, posting in 2020 at Broken Hands Media. Rocky IV is American cringe. Every Rambo movie after First Blood is American cringe. The books of Tom Clancy are American cringe. The music of Toby Keith from 2002 on is American cringe, as is most post-2001 pop country, especially when it strays into politics. (laughs) This is exactly why the America Fuck Yeah song is so funny. It's a pitch-perfect example of American cringe. Trey Parker, Matt Stone, you know, the South Park guys, are equal opportunity satirists. They roast everybody. But this one's special. It's definitely one of their best. Just dead on target with its aggressively mediocre jock rock aesthetic and cartoonish over-the-top lyrics. America cringe. Fuck yeah. Yeah, So here's the thing. Here's what we'll wrap up with. We know that music from conservative-leaning artists objectively sucks. How do we know that? We get that answer straight from the right-wingers themselves. You see, they got some hacks and has-beens, like the Nuge and Kid Rock, but that ain't the show. That's not how they raise the energy level and hype the crowd. When they want to kick things up a notch... They put on some Neil Young or some Rolling Stones or Tom Petty. They'll either try to co-opt it or just outright steal it and play it without permission until they get caught. They have to, because their own stuff is awful. My daddy served in the army. We lost his right eye, but he flew a flag out in our yard. Till the day that he died, he wanted my mother. 
my brother, my sister, and me to grow up and live happy in the land of the free. Now this nation that I love is falling under attack. grand scheme of things, all of the foregoing doesn't mean a lot. It's a minor skirmish in the so-called culture war. For one thing, the music industry just isn't that big. Yes, there are a few megastars at the top living large, but most people who work in music are just working class and middle class types, you know, getting their grind on like everyone else in a capitalist system. They're not elites. They have a fun job, sure, but it's a job just the same. Recordings, tours, merch, publishing, and teaching, the instrument makers, all of it, all of it together, the entire music industry would probably fit under one seat on Elon Musk's private jet. But they want it anyway. Not trying to belabor the point here, but really, come on. Movement conservatism gets funding and support from industries that are orders of magnitude larger than the music biz. Petrochemicals, the global weapons trade, finance and insurance, agribusiness and pharma, on and on. Here in the States, they have a 24-7 propaganda channel, Fox News. Fundamentalist megachurches rake in billions, tax-free. The right-wing network of think tanks and influence organizations is vast and lavishly funded. They've successfully weaponized large social media platforms. They're not having any trouble being heard. None whatsoever. Conservative culture isn't getting canceled. It's just not very interesting. It's amateurish, schlocky, and full of pick-me, try-me energy. America cringe. In the marketplace of ideas, there isn't much demand for it. So they keep trying to barge in on rock music. They try to co-opt it, willfully misinterpret it, warp it, and change it, uh, try to make it serve a backwards, hateful agenda. He's a man with a plan, got a counterfeit dollar in his hand, he's mistrust. Now, music can be powerful. It speaks to us, especially rock music. And some, many, poets, artists, musicians are trusted, beloved even. They have some social clout and influence. That's been true for a long time, by the way. (laughs) Usually, we have to be drunk to quote English poets, but the great Percy Bysshe Shelley, way back in 1821, wrote, Poets are the unacknowledged legislators of the world. We like that quote. Two centuries later, Shelley's quote, and the ideas behind that quote, well, there's some hope and comfort there, just a little, as we watch the actual legislators of the world dither and vacillate, or worse, actively participate in our descent into dystopia. It's not enough, 
but it's not nothing. As long as there's still a world out there, someone's got to tell folks the truth. Now, it shouldn't be a surprise that we're big fans of those unacknowledged legislators, especially those who do it with a guitar. Hit it, boys. Rock and Roll Archaeology is written by Richard Evans and Christian Swain. Produced and hosted by Christian Swain. All sound design and incidental music by Jerry Danielson at Busy Signal Studios. Find all of our shows, notes, and links at PantheonPodcast.com. All songs can be found for purchase or streaming wherever you get your great music. Please pick up these amazing tracks. Contact us on social. At Pantheon Podcasts on Facebook and Instagram. Tweet us at Pantheon Pods. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.